Yo, 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 what's up, God's people? Mayamo J. Will. This is Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And I got a co-host on today. She's been here several times. Toya Early, what up? LaToya Early, what up? What's going on? How you feeling, man? I'm tired. Listen, I'm not even going to hold you up. Your girl is tired. I've been running, but I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready for this conversation. All right, yeah. So, like, first of all, this conversation, just for anybody out there, you know, this is kind of a piggyback of a few weeks ago I was speaking. And um, I did a show, and I spoke at church. It was a message. And LaToya hit me with a with a question. Like, you hit me with the question via text, right? I did. So she texts me a question. And me, you know, in typical Inspire Guys people, let's make a podcast out of it fashion. I'm like, oh, we got to say that for the for the podcast. So I've never actually given you the answer Listen, to this question. I asked the question, y'all. It had been a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, when am I getting the answer? He's like, oh, we're going to talk about this on the show. Really? All right, yeah. here we go. It was, it was a good it was a good month ago. I'm not even going to front. It was a good <laughs> month ago. Terrible. And I was like, yo, let's let's talk about it on the show. Now look, on the real, only because I felt like, you know, that's really what we do on here anyway is have conversations. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're going to challenge me about something I said. Maybe we're going to have some back and forth. Maybe we're going to agree. Whatever it is, I think it's going to be good for people to hear. And I think this is stuff that people are thinking through all the time as it relates to their purpose. So the question yeah. is, what did I say? You remember what I said or paraphrase? Um, let me see. You were talking about not giving up and you almost there. Something like that. And I'm like, well, how do you know if you're almost there? And then I had to wait five weeks for the answer. Well, look, yes, that was <laughs> how do you know if you're almost there? What I said was, you know, being almost there is really the hardest place you could be. You know what I'm saying? And it's a weird place to be because whenever you're almost somewhere, you have given like the most energy, you already tired. And I believe that's where most people quit when they're almost there. And your question was like, okay, cool. That sounds great. You know, you saying that if, yeah, don't give up if you almost there or whatever, whatever. But how do you know if you almost there? That so that's part. what we're going to start this conversation off at today. How do I actually know if I'm almost there? The way I view it is like this. It's like almost is where work has taken place. You feel what I'm saying? So to me, that's the very first thing is like, has work taken place? Mm -hmm. Like, are you tired? Have you put in some effort and some energy? Are your knees, you know what I'm saying? Your arms scraped up. The very first thing to me is like, let's take the literal out of there, right? Because almost in and of itself is a little vague. Mm -hmm. But some people are quitting and they don't got no bumps. They ain't got no bruises. They not tired. You just lazy. It, okay. It's a difference between being tired and being tired of. All right. When you are tired, that means that you are actually physically, you have exerted energy. You've given something. When you are tired of, it just means that you ran out of will. Like you don't have no more willpower to actually keep going. So when I say that 
like when you are almost somewhere, it is very hard and tough. And that's where I believe the devil really likes to meet people mm -hmm. is when mm -hmm. they're almost somewhere. What I'm saying is the devil likes to meet you when you're tired of. You get what I'm saying? So how do I know that I'm almost somewhere or almost there, whatever it is? You tired of it yet? That's my first thing. So I'm not done yet, but I'm, I'm going to pause there and get, let, let you, you know what I'm saying, give some feedback. What you think? Yes or so, no? So real quick. No, I'm, I'm listening. Real quick, I, as I was, as you were talking, I went and um, looked up the definition of almost. What does that mean? You know, like you said, almost means that you put in some sort of work that there's some work shown, you got some sort of traction, some sort of skin in the game. So almost being not quite or very near, right? Your question now is, are you tired yet? So now we're, we need to kind of figure out some identifiers, right? So for anybody out there, you're like, listen, I heard Jay's message a couple weeks back talking about don't, go, don't give up when you almost there. Now the question is, how do you know if you're almost there? One of the questions that we're trying to figure out or identify whether or not you're almost there is if you're tired. The question with whether or not you're tired, I want to know, Jay, before I answer that, what? how do you define being tired? You're saying tired of, meaning I just have no willpower, just I'm just exhausted versus tired, like, you know what, this is taking too long. Yeah, so I, I actually think that both of those can be signs of almost being there. Mm. But it's up to us to be able to identify which one am I in this moment. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll use an example for you. You married, I'm married. I Look, you know us, we know y'all. The world might not know all our business and neither should they. But most married people have been at a place at some point, if you've been married over 10, 15 years, let's just say 10 years. You've been married over 10 years. You have experienced either tired or tired of. Yeah. And you have had to ask yourself, all right, let me take a step back. What does this mean? And what I mean in particular is that there are times in my own marriage where let's just say my wife was tired of me, like tired of something about me. Like, all right, you know what? I don't like that you talk like this or I don't like your response to this so there are times that she's been tired of it and we've had to kind of like come back to the table talk some things out okay I won't do this anymore I'll work on this I'll change this my point is this it is a difference for her to be able to recognize before you just end your marriage am I tired or am I just tired of? And depending on what the answer to the question is, then that helps you to start thinking through how to solve it. Because mm -hmm. if you tired mm -hmm. of me talking a certain type of way, then now we need to kick it and be like, all right, I don't like your responses to this. I'm tired of that. I ain't physically tired. I'm just tired of that. Now let's just real quick on the other end. Let's say you in a marriage, and this ain't marriage advice. You know what I'm saying? This is just me talking. Anybody who married know that these type of things happen on the real. Let's say you in a marriage and you like, okay, this isn't tired of. I'm actually tired. Mm -hmm. And when you are 
physically like tired and let's say you tired and then the enemy that's when he gonna bring something else he's gonna try to tempt you or do something you got to be able to step back and recognize all right i'm tired it's like an athlete i've been in this game for 48 minutes it's overtime i'm sweating i'm thirsty i'm tired this doesn't mean quit the game but i might need to call a timeout and drink some water so i think what i'm saying is that tired of or just tired can both be reflective of you almost there or you put in some work but the reason you need to be able to identify the difference between the two is because that's what's going to help you understand well what do i need to do about mm -hmm. it do i need to quit or do i need to improve something yeah i think that also, now that we're talking through the differences between the tired and tired of, I also think that knowing what almost there looks like, right? And I'm going to use your example of marriage, right? I'm almost to what? What's the goal? What's my my destination? What's my, because my, I'm, my goal is to die with this person. My goal is to live for the rest of my life with this person, right? I'm not almost there. <laughs> like that's that's far, far, right, far right. from here, right? But I'm saying that to say, because now that we're, like I said, we're talking this out, we have to now identify what is almost there. Because once you've identified what almost there looks like or what you desire almost there to be, it'll help me determine whether or not I'm tired or whether or not I'm tired of, right? If I'm if I don't know what almost there, if I don't know what the goal is or what I'm working towards or what the overall result that I'm searching or seeking after, if that's not clear to me, then I'm just I'm tired because I don't know. There's no indicators showing me, you know, that that almost there is is visual is is there, Latoya. OK, I see the the uh, the crumbs. I see stuff falling in place. But if I don't know what I'm looking for, how do I know? Yeah, and that and to that point, that's why I'm a fan of having goals. You know, the mm -hmm. Bible says we mm -hmm. we quote it all the time, write the vision, make it plain. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is the make it plain part has always stuck out to me. Is some of us got visions in our head, in our mind. Some of us have spoken a vision and we didn't told other people, but it ain't plain yet. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's not clear where you're even trying to go so to your point it's also different levels to goals so one of my goals might be or is for me in my in my situation but maybe for you or you know a viewer out there maybe one of your goals is i want to grow old with someone mm -hmm. right meaning when we say grow old we don't really mean go from 20 to 25 we don't mean older we typically mean I want to grow old with this person, meaning I want to go through decades after decade and we're going to go through all of these life experiences with each other. Mm -hmm. But to your point, Toya, that's not a goal that I can accomplish today. Mm -hmm. That goal happens over time. So what's my point? In order to make the vision plain, you need another goal. And like the problem might simply be for some of us, we don't know what almost there looks like because the only goal we got is some far out dream or fantasy of mm -hmm. being living into 95 and being married for 60 years. Mm -hmm. That's not a good enough goal mm -hmm. not to live on day to day. So you're saying that 
in order to accurately, um, I guess, pinpoint what almost there looks like, milestones have to be set in place. I love it. Right. So like you said, and I love that you just made, I, I love that you just said that we look at the big picture, like the house on the hill, white picket fence, dog, all that good stuff. That's, that's the, the, the end all to be all right. But what about, you want the dog? I don't, I don't want a dog. Listen, you got the dog. Listen, you only want to start that conversation with me. Okay. Because that is definitely one of the worst decisions that I've made there in my whole go. life. But anyway, anyway, so right. no, that makes so much sense though. So it's not necessarily, um a bad thing you just need to sit down and identify those milestones so what have you done in your life what have you done in your marriage what have you done in your career that shows that you're moving progressively towards the overall goal if you're not marking or making those marks then you'll feel like almost is never or almost is taking too long or what what's the saying almost doesn't count because it's exactly. taking me too long to get to where I'm trying to get to. That's exactly it. And you know, you now you're taking me to career, right? When I was coming out of college and trying to choose an organization to work for, the biggest thing for me, I was asking every organization I interview with, what is like the career ladder potential? Like, where can I go from here? Now, somebody might ask, why are you asking on day one where you can end up? And the reason for that is first you I you identify where you want to end up so you can actually create a path to get there. And so the actually both, like the more we talking through it, both the milestones and the broader goal are important. You need the goal of, I want to grow old and be married to someone and grow old. That might just be your goal and you, to get married in and of itself. And then the milestones are what you script out once you're married to someone and say, how are we going to get there? And that's what I went through in my career. If I say, hey, I want to be a senior director. I want to be an executive one day. Well, as a part of career growth and development, you should also be having, you know, conversations quarterly and annually with your boss to make sure you take the like advantage of the right next job to position you for the next job, to position you for the next job, to give you the skill set that you need mm -hmm. to get to your ultimate goal. And along the way, you celebrate each milestone to your point. So that's good. That's real good. So I'm thinking, okay, let's let's use what you just said about your career, right? So one of the things, and this is, I'm the type of, if you guys don't know by now, I need practical steps, right? And so of course, being a coach, this is, this is how my brain works. For those of you who are trying to figure out what does almost there looks like, right? Number one, of course, I didn't find the, the major goal. Number two, something as simple as he said was, who do I need to connect with that is in the area of or in the direction of where I'm trying to go? How many of those people do you need to contact this month, right? This is good. I'm hoping your boy is watching this because I've been on his head about this. So this is really <laughs> good. Here goes step number one, right? How many people do I need to contact and then that's a milestone. So if you say, okay, this month, I'm going to talk to five executives just to hear their perspective, their point of view, get some mentoring, whatever the case may be. You talk to those five. Now you've hit a milestone. Now you've checked a, a smaller goal off to get to the bigger goal. I think that, again, talking this out. And when I asked the question, y'all, when Jay was teaching, I was in a place where I legit wanted the answer. Like, 
<laughs> what does almost look like? Because your girl been on this hamster wheel for a very long time. What does this look like? And I'll be honest. I have a big goal, right? And I've shared the goal with, with the listeners. I've shared it a hundred times before. And it's kind of like, okay, Latoya, you have that big goal. But what about the, the steps that you've taken towards that bigger goal? Are you even recognizing those things? Are you acknowledging those things? Are you celebrating those things? And I think that that's one problem that most of us have is that we're so busy looking at the bigger goal. We don't take time to celebrate. Right. And I'm not talking about right. celebrate, you know, go out and buy you something big, you know, not that type of celebratory moment, but taking a moment of just saying, dang, T, you did this. Dang, you have this in place. You've been able to accomplish this or Jay or whoever's listening. So I think that if, for those of you who are listening, if you were in the same spot that I was in a couple weeks ago where you're like, what does almost look like? I think we've given you maybe three steps so far. Number one, identifying that that large goal. Where, what are we working towards? Number two, identifying some milestones and then sitting down and writing out what those milestones look like and not. Don't just. Um, you know, don't don't think something is too small. That's something too. Like Jay said, you know, he was getting on the phone, yeah. meeting with different people. You know, we may think that's not big enough, that's not good enough, that's not gonna change nothing. But those are the smaller Ooh. steps to get us to the bigger goal. That's good. Everything matters. Like, just like, just like hear yeah. me on this. Every single thing matters. And Toy, you called out a couple important things. One of the biggest issues with people is that we are so caught up in the big goal that we're going after. And a lot of times that's impacted by seeing other people and how they're posting on social media and what they have, that we are overlooking the Ooh. small steps and the small milestones that actually give us what we need to be prepared for the bigger thing. So it's like we're overlooking stuff that we should actually be celebrating. And the reason that we overlook those milestones is because we keep downplaying. We're not really downplaying ourselves. We really downplaying God. And what we're saying is like, mm -hmm. all right, God, I know you got me from level one to level two and level two to level three, but I'm still not at level 10. So like, I can't even praise you and thank you and give you the glory for level three right now. What we need to be comfortable with, and this is why milestones are important. You need to get comfortable with appreciating the level that you're at, but don't get comfortable with the level you at. So like, That's don't get comfortable at. at the level, but get comfortable appreciating everything that the level is providing you. And then what ends up happening is that almost gets easier when you can count up some milestones and stack up some milestone wins. Because at the end of the day, those milestones are preparing you for the bigger picture. And if you continue to downplay the milestone, then that's when you're not only going to get tired, but you're going to get tired of. So you talked about being on that hamster wheel. The hamster wheel might make you tired. That's cool because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you have endurance. So the thing about being tired is you can't overcome it just with all right endurance, mindset, all of those things. But being tired of, I'm going to be real. I actually think, I'm man, I'm just thinking this out. 
I think being tired of is worse than being tired. Okay. I, I think I think I can see why you say that, but let's talk through it. All right. So when I think about being tired and let's just think about something like exercising, right? You know, I could start working out today and I can do, you know, let's say I did two miles on my spin bike, right? And if today is my day one on a spin bike, I can get tired two and a half minutes into it because it's like I've never been on this before, right? But here's the crazy thing about being tired. The more you continue to do an activity consistently, then you start being like, oh, I used to get tired at two minutes. Now I'm at seven minutes and I ain't even tired yet. And I'm doing I'm going faster for a 10 minute ride. Then you do that long enough. You can continue to overcome being tired. That's why when people work out, they get stronger. They get in better shape. Mm -hmm. You look better. You feel better. Being tired of is totally different. When you are tired of something, you about to quit it. Like you about to be done with it. If if I was tired of riding a bike, that means I'm not even tired physically. But there is something, a stronger force in me that's making me say I'm tired of means I no longer want to engage in it. You feel what I'm saying? That's all tired of means. That bell just means I just spoke truth like that. <laughs> it did. It did. No facts. Um, yeah. I'm writing notes over here because when you when you just share about being tired, when you're tired, you're able to build endurance, right? So, like you said, I'm working out, I'm running, whatever the case may be. I'm tired, but if I keep running, I'm building endurance so I can run a little longer, right? But when I'm tired of when I'm 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 tired of doing this, that means I can't see my way out. I can't see a silver line. I can't see, you know, the bigger goal. So and you're right. When you get to the I'm tired of, then that's when you're on the verge of quitting. And it's really difficult for someone to um, be able to pull you out of that because you're closed minded at this time by this point. So. As a matter of fact, that's dangerous, right? That's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous allowing yourself to get to a place where you're so tired of something that you can't even see how to fix it, how to resolve it, how to push through, how to push past. So for my business owner, entrepreneurs, those who are uh, pursuing, you know, next level in your career, you can't get tired of it, right? Because like Jay just talked about, everything matters. And so when you start feeling tired, you got to stop, rest, because rest is something that we just think that we're only supposed to do at night. Stop, rest, allow yourself to, you know, pull yourself back together so that you can get back on it and keep moving and keep going. Even if you stop, think about it. I, I talk about this all the time. I used to, I love running. Now your girl can't run for a long time, but I, I love running, right? I hate and running. Do you? I love it. I don't know. I hate it. Whole nother story. But... Um, I can't think about the times where I would get out there and I would start jogging. And then the moment I start getting tired, I will stop, right? I stop, I'll come home. But tomorrow I was able to run a little longer. And then the next day I was able to run a little longer because I gave my body the opportunity to rest, rejuvenate and get back out there. So I think that's a big deal too. You know, not only sitting down and identifying the goals, 
the milestones, sitting down and writing out what that looks like, but being okay to stop and rest so that you can regain the energy that you need to get back up and keep going. That's facts. Um, and I want to say something else real quick too. You know, being tired of can work the other way. It could work for you. Because when I think about when my yeah. credit was messed up, Mm-hmm. I got tired of having bad credit. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be tired of, we just got to make sure we tired of the right thing. And I think so many times we don't know how to really identify and, you know, make the difference between, you know, what should I be tired of? When should I quit? When should I keep going? And because we haven't sat down and actually written a vision and made it plain, we don't know the difference between what success looks like and what failure looks like. Mm-hmm. And to me, mm-hmm. that's ultimately what we're talking about here is what success looks like. Now, you talked about something else that's important, which is rest. Again, being tired can be overcome. Part of how you overcome being tired is by resting sometimes. So you just got to know your body. You got to know your endurance, your temperament. When do I rest? Whatever. But here's what I want to say even about rest. All of the things that we're talking about have balance because even with rest, this is why there are times when whenever I'm sleeping a lot and I'm not getting more energy, I know that that's not rest. That's laziness. Mm. So when, when I'm tired and I sleep, I get up rejuvenated because that was rest that was earned. Like that was rest that was needed. But whenever I actually become lethargic it doesn't produce more energy rest actually produces energy laziness drains energy and there's a lot of us that thinks we're tired of something and we really just lazy it's really just bro that you need to get up and get through those first few workouts so that you can build up the energy and the endurance to overcome it but you tired of something because you lazy that's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, you said something when you started talking about tired of. I wrote down tired of provokes change, right? When you get to the place where you are, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. It provokes change. It's like, like you said, credit. That's the perfect uh, example. When you get to that point, you like, what do I need to do? When you're tired of, you're to a place now where you like, well, whatever it takes, I'm willing to take go that measure so that I can see change. So it's not really, like you said, the tired of can go for you or against you in your career and as a business owner, as a mom, as a wife, as a husband. When you get to that point and you're like, you know what, I'm tired of coming into this job every day, pouring into this job or whatever you do for the job yet I'm not getting the recognition or I'm not growing or I'm not. Okay. So when you get to that point, what are you doing? What are you willing to do to pull back to reset? What are you willing to do to say, okay, you know what? And I'm not saying just go out and quit because that's not the solution. Just because you abort, you know, uh, instantly, that doesn't mean that that's the, that solves a problem. It really creates a whole nother problem, but what are you willing to do um, when you're tired of something that's going to provoke change and create a different result. You said something else about rest, right? I challenge everybody, including myself, because I struggle with this a lot. Being a mom, 
Um, it's so funny. It's this thing going around on social media. And I've, I've talked to Meech about this before. So it's, it's not a, a terrible thing. But I've talked about it's this thing going around on social media talking about being a single uh, being a wife. That's a single mom. Right. How mm-hmm. I know that's, that sounds crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Crazy. I haven't heard that one. It's your wife, but you still hold all the responsibilities of the children because the husband is working. He's, you know, doing things. So he isn't as hands on with the kids as, you know, you will want this, the the husband to be. Right. And so Meech and I talked about this before, because when Meech was working at his job before, shoot, even now he was working so many hours that I was getting the kids to school, getting the kids home, making sure they get dinner, making sure they do homework. You know, still doing all of those, um, fulfilling all of those responsibilities. And it got to a place where I was I was exhausted, right? Especially yeah. as women, we wear so many different hats. We're the wife, we're the mom, we're the nurturer, we're the chef, we're the maids, we're, we go grocery shopping. Some of us balance the checkbooks. Like there's so many things that we do where we've adapted this behavior as being a superwoman, Right. And then we get to a place where we become tired of because we ignore the time when we were tired. And, and this is for me too. I know it is. I can't speak from the perspective of a male, so I'm sure Jay can jump in. But for yeah. my for my women, you gotta recognize those moments in your day where you're saying you're tired. So rest doesn't necessarily mean go take a nap. Maybe you need to just sit down. Maybe you need to just say, you know what. I'm not talking on the phone. I'm not scrolling on social media. I'm not, you know, nothing. I'm just going to sit for a second for about 30 minutes and just stare out into the abyss, right? Those identifying what rest looks like for you is going to be super important. And I'm saying this for me too. So I'm not talking at y'all. I'm, I'm really ministering to myself. Um, identifying what rest looks like and being okay with taking breaks. So for my moms, my, my parents, who are working multiple jobs and taking care of kids, we have to take time to step back and say, you know what? I'm going to take my Sunday, my Monday, my Thursday, whatever day works for you, and I'm going to rest, which means do nothing, not necessarily sleep, but to find some time to just allow yourself to just fall back. Yeah, and look, I'm not going to speak on the, the woman perspective for two reasons. Um, I'm a man, number one, and number <laughs> oh two, God. like, that's not my. We don't have children, so our family makeup doesn't look like that. You mm-hmm. feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I can't speak on that from experience. So I don't, I don't want to jump jump into something I can't. I can speak from a man's perspective, and the, I guess the first thing I will say is kind of what I just said is like what you just outlined was very reflective of your household my household looks really different. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that in all scenarios, I try to properly assess stereotypes. And sometimes stereotypes are so true that we actually adopt them as reality for everyone. Mm-hmm. The best example I have is like things like, you know, racism or white and black or experience with police officers or whatever it is, right? Or Let's just say if we took somebody that was like, I've had this happen to me before. Like I'm walking somewhere and a white woman like grab her purse. Like it's like, you know, very obvious that, you know, that I mean, that happens a lot. That's not something that even it's like that just I more so just laugh or 
I didn't been walking in parking lots and just hear the doors like clink clink. You know, now there's two ways for me to look at that. Number one, hey, that's a woman. I'm a man walking through the car. She don't know where my car is at. I ain't gonna get too mad because I feel like you know what? You probably just should have had your doors locked from the start. What makes it awkward? Or you probably should have just been grabbing your purse from the start, not because I'm specifically going to steal it, but because somebody might steal it, right? My my point at the end of the day is that I know that sometimes when people see me, they might see a stereotype for good or for bad. And so I assess stereotypes. I try to assess them objectively. So these ideas sometimes that float around social media or things about like what you just described as a mother or a family, father, whatever it is, like that's probably reality for a lot of people. Like you said, y'all have had to talk about it then I could look at it from a whole different lens and say, well, you know, as a man, if I'm being real, okay, my family structure, we don't have kids. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to like, when we were going to get our credit together, that was me. I sat down with my wife. I scripted out the strategy, the finances. I decided what banks we going to go to. I decided how we going to invest. So like, Hey, I'm good at that. So a lot of times I hear women say, you know, they better with the money than the man, but they create that as a reality. Or, you know, you go make a, 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 a Instagram reel about how women are better with money than men. But it's like that might just be your anecdotal experience, because at the end of the day, there may be another couple out there that's the opposite. Right. And so I guess my point is, as a man, if I'm being real now, let me get to the point, the Superman. Like you described a superwoman. And I think that society, I actually think we do a pretty good job of appreciating maybe the single mom. And maybe that's the problem is that the married mom doesn't feel like she's getting the recognition that the single mom does. I think that's more reflective of the moral compass of society um, overlooking you just because you're married. And they mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, you got... You got a husband at home, so you clearly can't have the problems that we have. It's almost like the privilege conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like marriage is almost like a privilege because, hey, you got a man home. He's bringing income. income he comes to see his kids. So I think we got to be careful on all fronts. But what I will say from a Superman perspective, I could speak to and say, man, I work a corporate job. I've led the strategy for uh, finances and investments in my household, I cut the grass, <laughs> like um, I wash the cars or go get them washed or whatever. My point is that I think what I really would like to see us start thinking about as it relates to that is in each of our roles, if we are super, then both of us will have moments of being tired and it'll be important to get the rest and get the, and, and get the other person to substitute you take the kids today, uh, maybe not you cut the grass today, uh, but maybe I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to do the laundry today, right? Because my wife does a lot of, you know, she manages our home. Mm -hmm. So my point at the end of the day is like, I think it's more about being comfortable with your, mm -hmm. how you are living out God's will for husband and wife, because that's the beginning of it. You are in God's will. And that traditional marriage structure, everything you need is there. It's just about how you divvy it up. And I'm sorry, I know I went a little long with that, but it's like, 
it's such a loaded point, I guess, mm -hmm. that it just makes me, you know, kind of like go into so many nuances. So my bad. I didn't mean to do it. No, no, that. no. I appreciate it because here's the thing. I love that you just said we we've come so that whole stereotype, you know, the man is supposed to do this. The woman is supposed to do this. And in my house, we all live here. We're all going to contribute the kids too. Okay. It's funny because my, my mother come over and she'd be so mad because I make Carter wash dishes. Right. She like, he should not be washing dishes. I'm like, well, who's supposed to wash them? Yes, he should. <laughs> I ain't eating out of the dishes. He, okay. washed, but he should be doing them. Like, I, and I don't, I, and exactly. Right. Okay. Well, can he go work? Can he go bring home some money? Like we right. got to share these responsibilities. But I'm saying that because like you just said, you know, we've gotten to this place where, you know, the man should do this, the woman should do this. And we have to be OK with our role. We have to be OK with what we're good at. I'm 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 OK with catering to my, my boys and to my husband. Like that's a, that's something that I enjoy doing. Um, but once again, as we talked about in the beginning, that almost, you know, what's the goal? What is my goal? with being that that wife and that mother to my family so that I can start number one identifying milestones and I, I'm glad that we're talking about this because it is really helping me see it even in the kids and, and in my husband as well but now saying okay once those milestones once you start seeing those things start celebrating them pull back and allow yourself to rest allow yourself to say you know what that's not going to get done today allow yourself to say you know what we just not going to do anything and be okay with that and not be so wrapped up in trying to fit the standard. Okay. Well, they say that you're supposed to do it this way. They say that you're supposed to do it that way. Um, my point to, you know, the whole uh, wives being single moms, it was such a, it was, it's one of those things where you don't know other women think or feel that way. Right. So yeah. to have something like that share openly, it was like, oh, wow, yeah. there are other women that feel that way. But to your point, there are men who are like, well, I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And no, but but because you're the man, it's like, oh, that's what he's supposed it's to do. It's overlooked. It's it, overlooked. And, and, and my thing with society today is, you know, be careful what you celebrate. So and what I mean by that is. We overly celebrate whatever you celebrate is what people are going to want to become. When Michael Jordan was in the NBA, he had commercials, he had shoes, you know, um, you know, these rappers, they got cars, they got trophies, they got things, they got people and fans screaming after them. That's why every kid, what do every kid want to be now? That I'm gonna see off the I'm gonna throw you on the spot because you got three kids. I know at least one of them want to be there. You tell me what now, what is the modern day thing that kids want to be? Oh, a YouTuber. There you go. And it, thank you. A YouTuber. So that's exactly the answer I was looking for. The question we got to ask ourselves is why do kids want to be YouTubers? It's because of, look at how we celebrate YouTubers. Tiff was just telling me the other day, like, oh, yeah, some of these YouTubers, because we saw an old video of LeBron James in the mall and fans following them around. She was like, oh, like, yeah, YouTubers nowadays, influencers, they get that treatment. If an influencer come yep. in your city, people would do that. So what's my point? Be careful what you celebrate, because whatever you celebrate, people will want to become. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm saying is this going to sound, you got to hear what I'm saying where it's going to sound crazy. We celebrate single moms so much, especially in impoverished communities, because part of the 
part of the process of how that community stays that way is that the father is out of the household. So it's a cycle. Part of the cycle is no father, you know, no stability, no structure, no discipline for the kids. Um, and so this creates this cycle of poverty. And then what has happened is because the father hasn't been there, the women, rightfully so, much love to them, have stepped up into the role of both parents. Now, here's the trouble. We have overly celebrated it in, in a way that that's what people want to be. Wow. So we have celebrated it in a way that people just be keep becoming it. Like we've made it the thing to be. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't celebrate the women that have done that. But it means that we also need to balance out and celebrate these husbands who are out hunting. Because what I would ask yes. people is what's more important, the fish or the fry? Yeah. Like if I'm out, if I'm out hunting and, and I'm getting the food and I'm fishing and I bring you home 25 fish to fry, but then we only celebrate you for frying a fish and overlook the hunter, then it's going to keep this cycle continually going where people are overlooking the, um, the part of the man, the contribution of a man and the importance of having that man and saying to a woman, you know what, grandma, thank you so much for taking up that role of single woman. You deserve, you deserve your flowers, but also thank you for teaching us that we shouldn't copy and paste that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, so and even, even glorifying though, the woman who goes out and catch and catches the 25 fish and bring them home and fry them up. It's that, listen, this whole conversation can definitely be unpacked in so many different ways. Um, and I definitely didn't mean to take it left, but as we were talking about, you know, striving for that goal and what that looks like mentally, physically, being tired, being tired of something, um, whether or not you're pursuing your corporate career, whether or not you're building your business, whatever it is that you're doing, identifying what does your journey look like and not not necessarily comparing it to somebody else. I love that Jay was like, listen, my household don't look like that. It'd be funny. Me and Meech always cracking on Tiff and Jay, like y'all over there living the life. I, I know. We <laughs> listen, got all these bad kids running listen, around. I know it's funny, but you know, and I'm saying that because just like my life is different, Jay life is different. The listeners' lives are different and it's okay. If, if you're striving for something, get up, keep striving for it. But don't be afraid to acknowledge where you are. Um, real quick, super transparent moment, but this just checked me something so good. When you were talking about um, looking at the bigger goal, um, it's so funny. The house that we, you know, we bought or whatever, I'm like, okay, cool. We bought our first house. What's next? God, like, sis, can you, daughter, can you enjoy what you have now? Okay, you know, we did this. Now what's next? And so that was a, a moment a check for me because it's like be grateful sit in the seat that you're in stand in the spot that you're in right now and be grateful where you are acknowledge it see what you can learn see where you are see what you can get from this and then when the proper time comes then you can move forward to the next and to that point what we really should be doing because when when we are not appreciating this point of the process where we at, we're also not getting what we were supposed to get. Mm -hmm. So my point with that is, 
there's something that God wants to you to grow in or accomplish right where you at right now. And if you don't get the lesson, you're not going to be ready for the blessing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just did that on purpose to be churchy. I'm going to just be real. Um, but if you don't get the lesson, you're not going to be ready for what God wants for you. So yeah. my point is, I, I, you know, I was saying this through, during the pandemic. Anybody who was listening to the show, don't leave the pandemic empty handed. Don't leave the pandemic empty handed. If you look at the pandemic, the pandemic has actually been different phases. And we're still not completely out of the overall impact and result of the pandemic because now we're in a recession. And this is like a global recession which is a little different than what we experienced back in 2008 with the housing market crash. So now you got the whole world having macroeconomic issues at the exact same time that is affecting us in ways that a lot of us don't understand. And what's my point? My point is, if you understand where you are in the process, you can accomplish everything you need to. And when we come out of it, you will be better for it. So making it specific in a situation, in the situation we're in right now with the world and the economy and the uncertainty, I'm always looking at investing and I'm always looking at, all right, both investing in myself, my career, but like, what can I do in this time? So if I look at this podcast before the pandemic, I wasn't doing interviews yet. Um, or I had only done a couple in person pandemic came. I've done maybe 25 interviews over the phone, Right. And then as we entered out of that stage of the awkwardness of COVID part of the pandemic, then I said, you know what? We need to be ready for video. And so I'm I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm taking everything I can in, in this video YouTube portion and I'm planning for the next phase. My only point with all of this is whether it be your family and your marriage, like we talked about, whether it be your career or whether it be your job. Uh, job career, same thing. I meant entrepreneurship, your business, not your job. You need to have a plan and you need to understand that there is going to come a point that you either get tired or you get tired of. But if you quit, almost won't count. Almost being there only counts if you keep going. If you quit, all of your almost, all of your blood, sweat, and tears go out the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I wrote, I just, I'm, I'm writing down purpose, identify what the purpose is, plan it. How are you going to, um, how are you going to walk through or how are you going to access or live out this purpose process? This is where Jay talking about the tired and tired of. We don't know how long the process is going to take. That's the part that everything, if you think about it, you know, when you think about a childbirth or um, I don't know, getting your credit together, buying a house, all of these things, the process has some sort of date at the end, right? I know that if I do these things continuously for at least six months, I can raise my credit score 30, 40, 50 points, right? I right. know that at the end of nine and a half months, a baby will come out. I know that if I drive from here to, here, you know, and so when it comes to um, things that you can't tangibly put a, a date on, right, where you can't see, especially for my business owners, it's like, okay, well, we don't have 
a arrival date. We don't, we can't see like, okay, I know that if I do this for 10 years, it's not even about enduring the process for 10 years. No, you have to endure the process of the business, of the marriage, of the climbing the corporate ladder. And what that process includes, you have to be ready for. You got to be ready for those moments that you just may be tired and be okay with resting so that you don't get tired of it and abort it. Because like Jay said, you give up before you could be right there. But because we don't have that time stamp, you didn't gave up and you could have been where you've been imagining yourself this whole entire time. So purpose, plan, process, promise. I couldn't help it. Listen, and when you can't put a date on it, I'm getting churchy, y'all. Put your faith on it. Listen to what I'm saying. Wait a minute. Wait, wait pause, pause. Put a date on it. Pause. What was that post that you made the other day? I'm like, I can't even. I don't know what I unblessable. said. Unblessable. Something about being unblessable. Oh, ooh, yeah. I said something like the the acronym for God opens doors is G-O-D. If that don't bless you, you unblessable. Listen, That's you you right. in that box right now. Look, I can I'm I can get mad. this. Is what people don't understand, I be telling Tiff. If I got churchy, like I'm telling y'all, like if I actually got, like if I wanted to be churchy, I'll blow up because that's what people want. People like churchy, you know what I'm saying? But when you can't put a date on it, put your faith on it. Now let me let me get this churchy message out <laughs> so we can wrap this up. The problem with us is what you just said, Toya. We need a date. We want to see. All right, yeah, nine months. This da da da. All right, yeah. If I do this for this long, da da da. And the problem with all of that is that God wants to test your faith at times. He wants to take you outside of the box of you know exactly what's going to happen. And I'm telling you this, though, about faith, the crazy thing about it. I tell people all the time, direction is far more important than speed. I'm at a point in my life, Toya, and I hit a wall this year. I talked about it on the show. I had my ups and downs. I needed some rest. Right. All of the things we talking about today are things we've experienced ourselves. And that's why we are so passionate about it. But I'm telling you this, like the thing that's crazy about it is when you get rest and get that second win and you can keep going, you become more dangerous than you was the first time. So it's like by not quitting when I hit my wall this year. Now I'm like, ooh, I feel see, I be feeling faith. That's the crazy thing about it. Faith becomes tangible when you endure towards a, a beyond a certain point. And it's like right now, I'm like, ooh, I feel it. Ooh, I don't know what. I don't know when, but ooh, I feel it. Why? Because I know I'm going in this direction. I know that I've been faithful to the plan, to the strategy, to what God has called me to do. And when you can answer yes to those type of questions, you're just like, ooh, it's just a matter of time. My almost, and this is what I say and I give you the last word, my almost is going to count. And so the reason that I don't quit, the thing that keeps me going, even if I get tired, okay, cool, I'm tired. I need to adapt, evolve, uh, get endurance, um, whatever I got to do, rest. But I'm not going to quit. I'm telling you because of the quality of work that I've put in for 10 to 12 years now. I'm, I'm talking, I'm now starting to talk in decades. When I can say, all right, I just gave this 10 years of something. And so you can't just look at one little result that somebody has one piece of fruit and understand all their roots and every seed that was planted. I've planted so many seeds. I've laid so many roots that it's like, if I quit right now, like I have too much to lose even in my faith, even 
I've planted too many good seeds not to keep going and watch them grow. And so for me, it's like, oh, no, this almost is going to count because I'm going to keep going. But if I quit and give up, then now I'm saying the last 10 to 12 years of my life, all the effort, I need the answer to that, Jermaine. I need the answer to him. Yo, why didn't you keep going what I started? I'm rolling my eyes at you. So for those of you who are listening to this, I am rolling my eyes at him. And I'm saying that because those seeds, man, it takes me back to it's not about you. I mean, once you and and that's a, a hard concept to live by, that what you do, the the goal that you're striving for, it's not even about you. You're put in that place to go after the goal, but it's really for the people who are watching you believing that they can't reach their goal. And so when you sit back and you think, man, if I give up on this pursuit, if I give up on this journey, your girl been rocking out with Chase Gray University for 10 years, okay? If I give up now, all of the seeds that I planted could wither and die. Really? And I'm I'm going to take it further. Ooh, I got to say this before we go. Here's the deeper part. Sometimes the seeds that you've planted are so important that they not going to die just because you quit. God is just going to give them to somebody else or somebody going to come in. Let me tell you something. Uh, Y'all know one of my favorite movies is The Founder about the McDonald's story. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of pros and cons to, to dissect in that movie with Ray Kroc and um, how people might feel about him or he did some shady things. But here's the one thing I will say. Those McDonald brothers started that business. So first, thank you, McDonald's brothers, even though, you know, whatever. I don't I don't talk good or bad about businesses too much. So I just say thank you to the McDonald brothers. I've had McDonald's in my life. Imagine the impact of their seed and their idea. If these two brothers don't start a restaurant, however many years ago that was, you ain't eating a double cheeseburger. You're not taking your kid to get nuggets today because they didn't just create the restaurant. They created the process for fast food. The Thank whole you. idea of getting a burger and do the whole system for fast food. So just think about how important that seed is. But let me take it a step further. When they got tired of and they lost vision and weren't willing to keep it going, somebody else came in and took it and made it bigger than they ever could have. So Ooh. the thing with me is like this. My almost is going to count. I'm going to keep going because I refuse to let let God use somebody else in my lifetime to take inspire God's people somewhere that I was tired of taking it. Man. Because I, oh, God, I'm tired of this. Oh, uh, yeah, I got what we have to, well, we have to 206 YouTube subscribers. We, hey, we was in the hundreds just, you know, a month or two ago, whatever. My point is, I understand that I can't get tired of because it's bigger than me. It's about who's going to experience their purpose years from now, just like you experiencing a four-piece nugget in a McChicken because somebody else had an idea years ago. There are things that God is giving you right now, seeds that are being planted, that is going to bless other people. And if you look at the entire Bible, that's how it was written. It was written with generations in mind. So I'll give you the last word and we get out of here. Listen, last thought about this seed. It takes almost 10 years for an apple tree to reach its maturity, right? Almost 10 years for an apple tree to reach its its maturity enough to produce apples so that other people can eat. 
Ooh, I ain't so, know that. See. So for us to want to abort the mission, right? We're producing something that's going to feed the nation. We're producing something, and I'm not a small business owner. I'm talking about my corporate. I'm talking. I'm talking about wherever you are. The seeds that you're planting will reap a harvest. Once that harvest reaches its maturity, it will then feed the nation. I'm done. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna end with a scripture that I actually um, put a short clip out today from episode I think 171, where the scripture in Proverbs that that says. A good man leaves leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Then the next scripture says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. What we always jump to is the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. But we skip over what a good man does. And what I like about that, take the, the inheritance aside. A good man leaves something that like that's all to take money aside. Whether when, when we are call to when we are walking in our purpose God, the great commission is about making other disciples making disciples of more men that is really what jesus christ came back after he was resurrected with one last word for the disciples in his resurrected form and said go and make other disciples of other nations and so the point that I'm making is if a message is so important that Jesus, when he came back, will actually come and preach it to his people in his circle. And that was the lasting thing that he gave them. The parting message was go and make more, go and reproduce. Then we have to understand the value of getting to where God has called us to go. And it's bigger than us, man. That's good. All right, man. Love y'all. Almost doesn't count, baby. So keep going. It does count if you keep going. Almost doesn't count if you that's the only that's the time they count. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. All right, man. Love y'all.